0: You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff.
0: Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D.
1: And I'm Tim Capper. You can also find me on Twitter, but at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode of the podcast is presented by our good friends over at Sport Buff, where if you use the promo code FLIGHTDICK-10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Head over to sportbuffshop.com to get all of your sport team merch
0: mm-hmm. and folks you can find the alouettes flight deck all over the world wide web uh you can check us out uh, your your current episodes as well as your archives over at www. you can find us on twitter at alouettes fl deck on instagram at alouettes flight deck on facebook at alouettes flight deck pod and no we are not on tiktok And have no plans to be at the current present time. (laughs) No, no. Uh,
1: Also, don't forget, we are on YouTube also. Just do a search currently uh, for uh, the Alouette's flight deck and Cliff. We're so close. We're almost less than 10, almost less than 10 away from 100. And finally, being able to give away that Delta jacket, which, as I mentioned last week, you are still eyeing wash your hands cliff wash your hands your hands are disgusting uh (laughs) keep it away from this nice nice jacket um but yeah come on guys we'll get there it's something we it's one of our goals let's get us there
0: it is and let's not forget too i mean i know it's summertime and the last thing you probably were thinking about is a jacket at this with this bloody hot weather but i'll tell you what folks once october november rolls around you're gonna appreciate having that beautiful retro jacket it is nice it keeps you warm it's beautiful did i mention it's nice it's it's a great jacket. So get on there. Get Go onto YouTube. Look for the Alouette's Flight Deck. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Tell your family. Tell everybody to go check out the Alouette's Flight Deck on YouTube and become a subscriber today.
1: Yes, sir. And also, don't forget that uh, if you want to have some uh, merch to rep the podcast, all you have to do is go over to teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck and, uh, hey, Join join the flight crew. Show everybody. That's all I got to do, bud. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we'll start right away. You know, at least we'll get uh, get this out of the way. Uh, Cliff and I were supposed to go to the game this week, as we had mentioned. Uh, this past week, you mean? Sorry, this past. Yeah. But uh, do I dare say this seems weird to say? Luckily, we found out something before we both got in the car <laughs> on Thursday.
0: <laughs> I'll say luckily just because I would feel absolutely awful if what had happened to me ended up happening to you and it was just a simple matter of ignorance. So yes, unfortunately, uh, Thursday morning game day, uh, I ended up testing positive for COVID-19, which threw a complete monkey wrench into all of our plans because yes, Tim and I, were going to head down to Ottawa in the afternoon to go, you know, support the Alouettes and, uh, and check out, check them out against the Ottawa red blacks. But I got the positive test and yeah, that, that pretty much did it right there. So I told Tim, I said, "Pal, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I do not want to get in a car with you and get you sick. And uh, it, I'm we're, we're not going to this game, unfortunately. So yeah. it's a bummer. I mean, like I said, we, we we want to support the team as much as we can. Uh, I mean, yes, we make it to all the home games. Uh, we try to get, if we can get on the road and support the team as well, we'll certainly do that as you know, Ottawa's not that far from Montreal, so I mean that you know it would have made perfect sense to go, but." As soon as you get that positive test, you're like, "Oh, that sucks." Mm-hmm. So, so we end up watching the game at home instead, exactly. separately. Yeah,
1: we didn't. We really didn't want to go down that rabbit hole in any way, shape, or form, did we? <laughs> I no. mean, the main thing is, you. How, how, I'm sure the fans are wondering, "How are you doing, Cliff?"
0: I am doing better. I am, you know, still feeling some of the effects, but uh, for the most part, I'm definitely feeling a lot better than I was Thursday and Friday of last week when it had pretty much reared its ugly head and really got into you. Like I was bummed out about missing the game, but also just that feeling of, you know, it, it's not a joke folks. I mean, listen, you know, you, if you think it's just a cold, you know, I've had colds and they haven't lasted long like this. Like, I mean, I, I was still feeling the effects of it for like, you know, three, four five days. I mean, it's even now, like I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised if I launch into a coughing fit. It's just, just the way it is. I'm not trying to scare anybody or trying to, you know, stand on a soapbox and talk about what I think it should be and all that. But I mean, like, I'm very thankful that I, you know, got my my vaccines. I you know, did the things that we were supposed to do. Like, I mean, we, we took every precaution possible. It still happened. Yeah, of course, it's, it's still going to happen. It, it's just, you know, luck of the draw, unfortunately. And um, it is what it is. It's over. Well, I, I hope it's over with now. And uh, I feel like I'm on the road to recovery and, you know, I'm just, you know, say, as disappointed as I am to to miss out on going to Ottawa to see the game, you know, at least we can say, you know, stay home, stay safe and just, you know, folks, make sure you get yourselves. If this happens to you, make sure you take care of yourself, take care of the people around you and just. Be as safe as possible. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, I mean, it was. It would. I'm, I can imagine how how much of a how, you know uh, how much wringing of the hands we would have done. How much? I mean, the game itself. I mean, yes, the the, Al- the Alouettes won. Um, uh, it was a very entertaining game to say the least, but it wasn't perfect in any way, shape, or form because there are still quite a few things that the Alouettes really need to do in order to to be a I, you know, you want to be perfect each week and the Alouettes were not perfect this week at all. No matter, no matter if they got the W or not.
0: Yeah. I, I would even go so far as to say it's not so much that Montreal won as Ottawa lost because there was just so many errors, so many things that did go wrong for both teams. A lot of things went right for both teams. Let's not, let's not, you know, cast any aspersions otherwise. But I mean, this was one of those games You're Just like, it, it was like a tennis match, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it, Really felt like whoever had the ball last was who was going to win the game. It was uh,
1: very close. It very it, it, said, it really, it really it was, was very close. Yeah, it was uh, that it was going to be that way. Um, but I, I mean, I, again, I mean, we're looking at it. As the final score is forty to thirty-three. Uh, a a lot a lot uh, equated that you know that score itself, and uh, I mean, you know, we we're going to start right off by giving credit where credit is due. You know, I don't know if people are going to be gasping over just because you know they've heard how we've how we've been for most of the year, but Trevor Harris had a good game. He really he, did. He he stepped up. He uh, it looks like some things have been getting to gel a little bit more. Uh I mean, it was almost was it almost 400? It was 427 total yards of offense. Uh and 341 by Trevor alone. So, you know, we, we are going to, you know, we've been very critical. We would be very critical even if it was Vernon Adams, whether it would be Dominic Davis, whether it be Davis Alexander as our starter.
0: Even if we made a trade and got another quarterback and yeah. they turn in stinkers like we, we've seen over the past couple of weeks, we'd be just as critical. It, it really doesn't matter who the quarterback is. At the end of the day, if you're the starting quarterback, you have to be able to step up and play. And there's a couple of games where I just I uh, myself and Tim, we just did not feel Trevor Harris was doing that. He was putting together some stats. He was, as I said, padding his stats, which, you know, that's fine. That 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 makes you look good, sure. But at the end of the day, it's wins and losses that matter. And there's been more losses and wins over the past couple of weeks. But Trevor Harris, he did the thing. He he stepped up. He made plays happen. Uh the Owls got into the red zone. They scored touchdowns. Like honest to goodness touchdowns. Now mind you, that was, a lot of those were there's at least three Goal line touchdowns by Dominique Davis, so he technically gets the credit for that. But Trevor Harris put them in the scoring position to be able to do so. So I, I will give props. I will give credit where credit is due, and I will say he did play a very solid game. The, f- the first quarter was typical Trevor Harris, I have to say. But <laughs> it, it's it's almost like once the second quarter hit, like okay, he he got it figured out. Like he like it's almost like he needed to get like the lay of the land, if you will. Right. And once he did. He started finding his receivers. He made use of the ground game, like he he moved the ball extremely well. I I, I will give credit where credits due, and he did a very good job of giving the Alabets opportunities to score touchdowns, which they desperately needed to do.
1: Yeah, no, it, it yeah, it, it's true. I mean, as I said, um, I'm I'm trying to tr- trying to check the real stats, trying to find out. Uh, sorry, trying to check the stats here and trying to find out. When Trevor had a he I don't think is this his best game ever as an owl I would say so I think so, and I, I'm trying. I mean, to- if, you're,
0: if you're talking like statistically and just the fact that he won like he won the game, he's not the reason they won the game, but he played a very big part in why the Alouettes have their second victory of the year, which that in that in and of itself is kind of depressing when you think about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there yeah, the Alouettes are currently two and four. Right. and that's good enough for second place in the CFL least yeah 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 it
1: is it is uh, yeah I mean what, what are we what what else can we say I mean he was you know he was 31 25 of 31 sorry 31 I know I was right before 25 of 31 yeah, 25 of 31 341 yards no interceptions that's key that's key and two touchdowns I mean that that's an 80 percent clip that's crazy Almost an eighty-one percent percentage that, you know, completion rate. You know
0: what? That that was the Trevor Harris that I'm pretty sure Danny Machocha thought he was trading for last year. Was this the, the one that the, the, the Trevor that Harris in, that
1: that decimated the Owls in the 2019 semifinal?
0: That would be the one. I think that I think that was the Trevor Harris who was in Ottawa this past Thursday. Mm-hmm. And great if, if like I, I said, if if that's the Trevor Harris that we end up signing, then fine. Like you know, I got no problem with that. It was this other Trevor Harris that's... Giving us less than desirable results, but people still think it's the original Trevor Harris. So now, it's almost like, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Like, will the real Trevor Harris please stand up?
1: Did, please stand is, up! Please stand up! Please stand up! You had to finish it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I say you're, you're going to leave it hanging. How dare you? <laughs> uh, 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 Hershey Mayala, 104 yards, five targets, five receptions. Buttes, uh, Reggie White Jr., just one yard short of, of 100 yards, uh, five receptions. Uh, Jake Winnigy, 48 yards, five receptions. Uh, KJG, by the way, uh, k Julian, Granite, for those of you, I know I'm abbreviating, but I think we should start calling him KJG. I think it sounds pretty cool. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, 40 yards on three receptions, and then uh, Eugene, uh, I, oh, do you call it an off day? Uh, four receptions, only 28 yards, but still still you know he had he had a touchdown and uh and so did Herji Herji.
0: so and let me tell you that Herji's longest uh reception 69 yards first of all nice yeah beards. but that that was a beautiful throw by trevor i i, I once again just it found the connection and it worked. I I, I thought Herji was going to waltz into the end zone, but not quite. But you know, he did make up for it later. He got he got a tutty afterwards, so you know, like he really stepped up big time. Herji Maella, like, oh yeah, he he, he looks sensational. Like like we talked with him earlier this year, and you just knew, like yeah. like yeah, I, sure. I've always said, he's always had the potential, but not necessarily the opportunity to show it. And I think this past Thursday, he finally had the opportunity to show it, and he made the most of it because he looked outstanding.
1: Yeah, for sure. By the way, you can hear that interview. It's back in the archives over at mm-hmm. Uh Thoughts on the running game? I mean, other than a, a – again, with shades of when Jeshwin came in for William Stambeck in game one, uh, you know, 79 yards, still uh, averaging 11.3 yards, but it was only on seven carries. You know, that lo- that longest – Clip was for fifty five yards. Other than that, you know, only 20 twenty four more yards for the rest of the game. Was it because of that? Because the run? Uh, would you say that the passing game was going so well um that they didn't use him a little bit more than they did? I mean, you know, Fletcher got a couple of of, of touches. Uh, Trevor actually had one uh, Dominic Davis, obviously, because he had, uh, you know, all those rushing touchdowns Chandler where mm-hmm. they had had a, a very surprised run. About, I didn't see that one coming. Um, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on the running game?
0: Uh, well, I think it really did come down to once Trevor got into the groove and was able to start connecting with his receivers. I, I think a lot of it was, you know, you, you want to mix things up with as, as much as possible and they just didn't get a chance to get the ground game going. As much, but when they did get it going again with Jeshwin Andrew, he's dude's a train. I mean, he, he, give him a chance, he, he will make things happen. And credit to the O line because they created a couple of really nice holes for him, especially, dude, if you're able to waltz for 55 yards, you're yeah. doing something right. So, I mean, I would like to, would like to see a little bit more of the ground game happening, but I, again, once, once you're in the red zone and you get those goal line stands, I mean, you're not going to turn around and give it to your running back just to pad his stats. I mean, you're going to let Dominique Davis and his uh, six foot five frame push across the, the the one yard line and get that touchdown. That's, right. So in that sense, I'm not necessarily mad that they didn't rely more on the ground game because they were doing everything else properly for the most part when it came to offense. It was, for the most part, a very good game called by Anthony Calvillo. He, like, he seems to have found what's working. He and Trevor Harris seem to have found what's working best for them. Because I think the attack was a little bit beige to start. Like, the past couple of games, it's been kind of, I'll say mediocre. Because, I mean, they had a couple of nice things, but for the most part, couldn't really get anything going. But it seemed like they finally found what works for both of them. Like, like it's almost like AC knew, okay, I'm going to call this, this, and this for Trevor because I know he can make it work. And sure enough, he did. He made it work. As I said, there's been too many opportunities where Trevor Harris will get you into the red zone, and then you're settling for field goals. That wasn't happening in Ottawa last week. There was honest to goodness touchdowns being scored. And I'm saying this is what I said: you have to score touchdowns. You're 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 not going to beat teams just with field goals. I mean, I'm not saying Ottawa's a terrible team, but they're not. I, I still don't think they're as bad as their record indicates. Kind of like Montreal, a couple bounces here and there, and they could be a totally different team record-wise. But you still have to execute. And by and large, Trevor Harris. Was able to get the team into the red zone. Uh, Anthony Calvillo called the right plays in order to make that happen. And then we get touchdowns. Even if they're rushing touchdowns, goal-line touchdowns. So what? A touchdown is a touchdown. Exactly. I'll take it all day, every day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and once again, you know, a second week in a row, the Alouette second-down conversions. So while still outdone slightly by the Red Blacks, you know, still was at 59%, you know, 13 to 22. So it, that's impre- to me, that's a huge setup that I think people really overlook in the CFL are you know if you're going to do well if your second down conversions are well you know anywhere between the 55 to 60 percent range for the game
0: not to mention too you're scoring points let's the past two games the yellows have put up 71 points mm-hmm. i mean and came very very close to having two victories but i, I mean you got to score points in this league that's really what it comes down to so now if anthony calvio finally has that that magic formula that uh, that's finally working that to finally is going to make trevor harris be that quarterback that was in 2019 that carved up the alouettes in the eastern semifinal. if you if you found the way to make him that quarterback again awesome that's great that's what we want to see we want to see winning football we want to see the starting quarterback come in and play well and if that's what you have to do to make him play well so be it i i'm i'm not opposed to that at all yeah um, I do take umbrage with one thing, though, I have to say, when it comes to AC. And, uh, you know, I, I love AC. Yeah, I really, sure. truly do. As a quarterback, as a human being, as a coach, what have you, he is 100% my guy in that sense. I do take umbrage with one particular thing that happened, I, I believe it was in the third quarter. There was a dr- The, the Alouettes the were driving down the field, and for whatever reason... He decides to insert Vernon Adams into the game at quarterback to try a draw play. And it didn't work in the sense that VA took the snap and met with uh, Ottawa Red Black's helmet that popped the ball loose and ended up turning the ball over. And again, because we were at the game, you, see, you were watching on TV, you saw AC's reaction. Like he was dropping F bombs. Like he was pissed off that the play didn't work. Yeah, And my only thing is, like, well, in fairness, you've got Vernon Adams as a field goal holder at this point. You're you're paying this guy half a million dollars to hold the field goals for David Cote. You, you, I, I get trying to maybe try to catch the, the red-black snapping in some sense, but you sent Vernon in colder than the other side of the pillow, and you're surprised that this happened? Like, if you were going to try to disrupt the, the momentum that Trevor was building at that point, you, you may as well have just go with Dominique Davis for that play, and could have been a little bit different. I mean... To me, I I don't understand what it was. Like, was it a, just trying to flex? Is uh, was it really just trying to you know catch Ottawa napping? I I really, it was a very bizarre play call, and just we also don't I know really what the I, call. We also don't know what the call was though. Well, to be fair, but but
1: continue. I'm sorry, continue.
0: No, it's just I I didn't like the fact that Anthony got so pissed off about it. Like, it almost felt like he was pissed off at Vernon for screwing up, and mm-hmm. I really hope that's not the case because you know you you send Vernon in to do this, like, I mean, he's, you know, just not pretty much, pretty much put on the offense at this point, unless Trevor Harris gets hurt. And then you, you throw him in there and then you're going to get mad at him for this. Like, yeah, what the hell? I mean, like you, you, you kind of hung him out to dry as far as I'm concerned. Uh, um... So, I mean, like that would be the one blemish I would say this past Thursday. Otherwise AC called what I think was a very good game offensively. Like he, This this wasn't
1: the 20, when was the, when was the, the original, when was the OC originally? Was it 2016,
0: 2015? Uh, 2015, 2016.
1: Yes, this wasn't the 2015, 2016 AC in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form.
0: No, no, not at all. He, uh, I I think he's learned considerably uh, with his time uh, with the Caribbean, and uh, now given this opportunity to see what he can do in this offense. And again, he's, he's making it work for Trevor, which... You know, someone had to. I mean, I, I really think uh, the carr Jones playbook was obviously designed more for uh, a quarterback like Vernon Adams or to a lesser extent, Dominique Davis, and not necessarily for Trevor Harris. So now, right. if AC is calling plays, they're a little bit more along the styles of uh, Trevor Harris. He, you know, he's a little bit more of a pocket passer. He's not exactly the most mobile quarterback, although I think he did have one one rush, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he and it looked okay doing that. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. not his forte, though, compared to Vernon Adams or, to a lesser extent, Dominique Davis. you got to work with your quarterback and work to their strengths. And to his credit, they, they found a way to make it work. And like I said, if, if this was the magic formula, if this was the, the right combination of plays in order to make Trevor Harris the quarterback that everybody expects him to be, then, you know, bravo. Then you, you should be very excited about that. Elowitz fans and like I said we've been very critical of Trevor for his play maybe it was just a simple matter of not being given the right plays to work with and if that's all it takes and if this is now the start of Trevor Harris the you know dominant quarterback that was in 2019 for uh, in, in the playoffs then great I'm, I'm okay with that I'm okay with more of that let's just hope this wasn't just a one-off fluke against Ottawa for any number of reasons
1: we'll find out next week. The Alouettes were five of six in the red zone. It's two straight weeks that they've had the, uh, they only have what, you know, they blew one opportunity in the red zone. Um, Those are the good. Now, uh, before we talk about the bad, uh, uh, were there any pluses that you saw on the uh, defensive side of the ball? I mean, yes, we're giving, giving all the love to the, uh, to the O line, uh, to the offense and to the O line. But I mean, it's looking at the defense. I mean, they gave, you know, almost 500 total yards of offense,
0: but there's still to be some positives, right? Uh, let's start with uh, Najee Murray, who had a hellacious hit on Caleb Evans that yeah. uh, knocked the ball loose for Micah Awe to nearly score his first uh, defensive touchdown. So close, <laughs> so close. And he was rumbling too; you could tell he was just—he was, he was so close. And then Caleb Evans just managed to clear himself up enough and just tackle him at the one. Like, oh man, yeah, so close for Micah Awe, oh, but. You know, like how excited would he have been able to do that in front of his? Uh, I think he still has quite a few fans uh, from Ottawa. I, like his first game back, like like back against Ottawa, mm-hmm. to be able to score a defensive touchdown like that would have been amazing, but it just wasn't in the cards. But that was a great effort right there. Uh, Mike Jones is so good. I'm so good at corner. He he just he. He, he made Darwin Adams work for everything that he got. Like, like Darwin Adams played a fantastic game at receiver for the red blacks, but he had to work for it because Mike Jones was all over him. Like a fat kid on a smarty. He, he made him work. So I, Mike Jones, like wh- whatever they're paying this guy, it's not enough because this was quite the, f- the free agent signing that Danny Machocha made. Like he, this guy came as advertised. Yeah. Like he's just been an absolute beast out there. Uh, as far as defense goes, I mean like for the most part, um, like the defensive line, they played a, a pretty solid game. Yeah, but, two uh, two
1: sacks, which is nice. Get get back on the uh, get back on the on the scoreboard there for sacks.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was uh, a lot of action there. So I mean, listen, like there there was definitely some bright spots. Uh then there were some not so bright spots with the defense, which I guess will 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 lead us into the, into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, well, first
1: we got to say one bad spot, which we, I I don't know if you have an update yet, because I I know I spoke to you about it originally. Uh, One of the bad things, too, was losing first overall, you know, first overall draft pick Tyrell Richards to what seemed, uh, you really couldn't tell what what type of knee injury it was, but it was bad enough that he was placed on the sixth game. I don't know if you had were able to get any more information on 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 what what it was, if it is a tear or if it needs surgery. I mean, if it's six, if it's a six game, it's got to be bad.
0: Bad enough, anyways. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, no, I haven't. I personally haven't heard anything yet. But uh, all I can do is just you know hope for the best for him because he was. You could tell he was he was ready to come into his own. Like he he. You could tell he was ready to make some noise happen and. Uh, both him and uh, Brian Harlamana yep. just outstanding together. Like, those two play off each other so well. Like they they trade in and out on the uh, in in the linebacking core, and just they're beasts. Like they like it's so exciting to see what these guys can do, knowing full well they're they're not even in their their mid twenties. Like they're in their mid their early twenties, and they're still the ceiling is so high for both of them. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see where how their career is going to progress to see them at this level already is is phenomenal and knowing that it's only going to get better from here on out my god that's that's exciting to me
1: yeah by the way if sean jameson can come back quickly uh you know come on tyro come on back maybe
0: come on come- well that's it so i mean like yeah we get sean jameson back uh like he was on the sixth game end up only missing three games so here's hoping that tyro richards has that same luck and uh he comes back stronger than ever yep
1: yeah. um again and we're talking you know we're leading to the, to the bad here for some defense I mean overall again over 100 yards in, in penalties again it can't it really needs to stop they were doing well early in the year and again again dPIs were occurring uh, we got lucky with uh, two uh two penalties which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes here um, but yeah overall I mean it's just frustrating it, it just seems to be that, that you know the one, the players that are having these penalties called against them. It's a continuous thing, and they're in the news for the exact same thing. It just it just seems to be that even with the addition of Adarius Pickett last week, it just didn't seem to work for whatever reason. Cliff, I I I really don't know what to say. I mean, what is what is up with Wes Sutton? <laughs>
0: Both Wesley Sutton and Mark Antoine Decoy. Yeah, I mean, when they're on, I will say when they are on their game, they are phenomenal players. They really, truly are. They are athletes, and they are spectacular. But when they make mistakes, oh boy, do they make mistakes!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just do not look like they belong on the field. Quite frankly, uh, I mean, Sutton was burned like toast against Edmonton, and same same. Same stuff again against Ottawa. Like, just dumb penalties. Like, just come on. Like, it, I, you know, it, it's, 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 it's so frustrating. And the inability of these guys to wrap up a guy in tackling, uh, especially Decoy. I mean, there were, like, one of those uh, Ottawa drives late in the fourth quarter. I mean, for crying out loud, he's, he's, trying, he's trying to tackle uh, Jalen Acklin. Instead, it felt like he was escorting him to the end zone. Like, like, it was like valet service. Like, you know, can I, co- can I please take your car, sir? Like, that's that's really <laughs> what I got from the guy. Like, it, geez, you, you want to make sure he gets there okay, buddy? Like, come on. Like, you got to wrap up a guy and ta- like, tackle properly. Like, none of this dragging him bullshit. Like, I mean, this is, come on. Especially for all the hype, for all the, you know, accolades, you know, that has been dis- bestowed upon him. And yes, you know, he, his interceptions this year have been fantastic to Koi, but just the, basic stuff seems to be escaping him at this moment. And I wonder if a lot of stuff is just getting kind of swept under the rug because, you know, he's a former and There's a whole bunch of former Caribanes that are part of the coaching staff. And are they just kind of, you know, kind of pretending not to see that? Or like what? Because, I mean, quite frankly, any other player would have been benched for, for, for plays like that. Yeah. And obviously, Decoy and Sutton are not being benched this week. You know, they're, they're still – they're listed as starters once again, so – I don't know if that uh, like it, it, if if the defensive staff was pissed off about that, then I, I guess not so much. Or maybe it just felt there was no other way to possibly replace those two. But I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, they really got to get their act together. I mean, when they play great, absolutely, they are two of you know the the highlights of you will if the, in the secondary. But when you see like egregious errors like that and just poor judgment and just like almost like a lack of football knowledge even. And I don't want to say that because I, these guys, obviously they're professional football players. They know what they're doing, but at the same time, like errors like this are just inexcusable. Like they'd be ex- inexcusable for any team. And you know, like you, you just can't have that. So no. I, I, I don't know if that's, uh, I, I sincerely hope when they, they looked at the film, like I, I hope they're embarrassed. I hope they realize, I can't be doing this. This this is unacceptable. Yeah. And I hope the coaches let them know that this is unacceptable because if you do that against Hamilton and let's not forget, we got back to back against Winnipeg in a couple of weeks. Boy, <laughs> I'm already they saying are going now. They're going to eat you alive. If yeah. you play like that, I, I can promise you right now, you can't this like two hand touch that you think you're playing. Isn't going to work against the bombers. I can tell you that right now. And to a lesser extent, it won't work against the tiger cats either.
1: Yeah. Um, Seven of the eight accepted penalties, Cliff, were against the defense. So special teams shored up their issues. Not a single one on the offense.
0: Yes, penalty-wise, special teams did their job. But Chandler worthy. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. Now, now it it could have been worse.
1: Really? It it could. Well, we we saw those two penalties that were called and then reversed by the command center, which is what I wanted to talk about. You know, obviously, the Alawitz had, you know— Red Blacks were driving, and, and it, I think this just showed. Again, the Owls gave up almost 500 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Blacks were driving, and they're literally going. They're like no huddle, back to back to back to back to back plays. Um, they should have. should. And Alice will remember this too. It happens. It's happened many a time. And in, in, uh, you know, since the Owls have been back in Montreal, where a player you think it's a sure thing touchdown, and
0: nope. <laughs> that and that, as that, that and, was, and as I said darvin adams was playing a pretty phenomenal game for ottawa yeah and that his drop in the end zone was almost unforgivable i mean (laughs) nine times out of ten he makes that catch in his sleep but that just happened to be the 10th time thankfully for alouette's fans because that yeah like yeah yeah Yeah, i know
1: i know the game could have been tied on into overtime yada yada but in my opinion now, who, who, both penalties were against the same player that were overturned. I'm trying to remember because they're not listed in the in the uh, in the stats, obviously, because they weren't penalties.
0: No, one was against uh, Mike Moore, and one was against uh, uh, I want to say Avery Ellis, okay. but I think it, or yeah, one, been, and one was, was Ellis rough, or Pickett.
1: Right, one was roughing, and the other one was was the other one considered roughing too? Well,
0: or? they were both considered unnecessary roughness okay. because it they were pretty high.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, And this is my thought on this, and maybe people disagree with me. I don't know what you think, Cliff. But it was clear to anybody, not necessarily Alouette fans, but it was clear that at that time of the game with with them driving, the Owls' defense was completely gassed. Completely. Mm -hmm. If it had not been for the command center stepping in and correcting these errors, these penalties— then I think the Owls would have lost. These two overturn uh, these over. Uh, what what would we call them? Uh, reversals. Reviewable. Yeah, reversals yeah. gave the Owls two free. Gave the Owls defense two free timeouts. In my or opinion. At least, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Or at the very least, gave them a chance to catch their breath. Because, exactly. Yeah. They, they were they were sucking wind towards <laughs> towards the end for sure. I think
1: uh, it, if it wasn't for those two things, obviously the penalties would have been different, et cetera. They I think the Owls would have the the you know. Ottawa would have would have tied the game and it would have been over. It it would have gone to overtime.
0: Yeah. So or they could or they let's not forget to Ottawa managed to uh, uh, remember when the Ottawa went for two uh, last November to uh, beat the Alouettes at home. They could have done they could have done that, too. And again, when the defense is, as you said, they were gassed. I mean, they you know, that's when you pull out your trick play and you, you, you figure something out to, you know, they could have taken the they could have taken the lead at that point, too, with what? maybe even less than 30 seconds left on the clock and you know uh, yeah <laughs> well it, to also to remind people too
1: by the way that the, the picket pi with under two minutes left also didn't help either i mean that was 31 yards also <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so oh that, absolutely so I mean, that
1: led to another one of the the reversals but what and and, and you know it, it seems that fans are giving the you know they're giving the business to the cfl to the command center to the referees you know, oh, how can can't they get this right the first time? The CFL's command center shouldn't be stepping in. Well, my thought is is that that is the reasoning for having these your spotters. That's what the command center has done. Maybe not in this case where it's literally it, it, it could have cost a team a tying touchdown. But when you when you saw the 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 backlash, I guess you could say from from fans on social media, what were your thoughts, Cliff?
0: Oh, it, it, it's very easy to say. Like When it's against your team, you think everybody's against you. You think there's a conspiracy. And when it goes in your favor, then you're, you know, you're usually pretty quiet. So mm-hmm. I, I can understand the backlash, especially from Ottawa fans. They probably felt that the league, for whatever reason, wanted to keep the Red Blacks winless. I don't believe that for a second. I think, if anything, they would have wanted to give Ottawa a win just to send the fans home happy, if, if you're going to start playing that game. But it's not like that. No. it really truly really was a matter of correcting these mistakes and the fact that these mistakes were made does make you kind of question you know the the officials as far as what they're seeing on the field like i, I know it, it when it comes to the action everything happens so fast you have literally a split second to make a decision whether you think a, a tackle is too high yeah. or or what happens. i mean like these were not as far as i'm concerned you know clear penalties
1: no and, and like, to be honest to me cliff One of the two, I was not sure on one of the two. One, I was almost certain it was, it was just, it wasn't a high tackle. The other one, I was not 100% certain about until I saw the replay.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the thing. And that's kind of the whole point of video replay is to kind of make you slow down and take a, a, a second look at it just to really confirm if this really was what it was. And obviously the command center saw that this was not, these were not penalties at all. So, you know, it's... Especially too, and it's, you wouldn't want the game to come down to, you want it to come down to the players, essentially. But at the same time, you want, you want justice. Yeah. And I think that's really what it was. Like, if the if the All-Wits didn't commit any crimes, then say so. You know, if they, if they caused a penalty, then absolutely give them a penalty. You know, they earned it. But mm-hmm. if they didn't earn a penalty, then you take it away. You pick up the flag. That's really what it came down to, was correcting what were two glaring mistakes. I mean... I understand why the flag was thrown on the first glance, but thanks to the, the, the advancement of video replay, you were able to see that, okay, this is not a penalty. It's close. I mean, it, it was a little high, but not. it was well within the rules as far as tackling goes, so this is not a penalty. And yes, one can make the argument that it gave the Elwets a chance to catch their breath and get ready for the Red Blacks for whatever they had up their sleeve. But by that same token, it also gave the, the Red Blacks a chance to ensure that the plays that they're going to call are what's going to get them into the end zone. Exactly. And sure sure enough, when Caleb Evans threw that pass to Darvin Adams, that nine times out of ten, that's a touchdown. It just happens to be that, that one time, that yep. one time where I don't know if the ball was greasy or just, you know, he squeezed his hands too quickly or what. But I mean, the, the fact that he dropped it, even I'm like, are you serious? This yeah, the, I wish too. What is one of the better receivers of the league? Yeah, and he he muffed it. Oof! Like it, that.
1: Yeah. It looked like he. It, I think he had partial. Then it hit his went, hands went off the knees or hands at the knees or balls. Anyways, you know, it, you know. Yeah,
0: it happens. It happens to the best receivers. I mean, it. What are you gonna do? I mean, the, like I said, nine times out of ten he makes that catch and it's a whole different ball game. But yeah. that when when they really needed him to make that catch, it, he didn't. That's again, that's football, folks. Exactly. Again, Owls
1: came away with the win, two and four currently on the season. We'll be talking about their matchup versus. Uh, it's funny the the one and five uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, um, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But there is some still some some news we want to at least talk about the, uh, before we get to that, uh, and a couple of things that the teams the team has been teasing and stuff like that, um, certain things that pop up on social media. But I, you know, it's. <laughs> I, it's, do uh, we dare say, it is something that has really garnered a lot of, of talk, a lot of chatter. Uh, the Owls finally, because we've been teasing it for the last couple of weeks, but the Alouettes finally unveiled uh, what will be, what seems to be one Th- was it 1.3 kilos of putin in a full-size replica helmet. Mm-hmm. They will be available starting at the next home game versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Very limited, a la the uh, the Alouettes beer.
0: Yeah, basically, while supplies last.
1: First thing, we still don't know how much it's going to cost. <laughs> Second of all, I I'm I'm a kind of a put I'm a guy who's like puts in I'm like I, I like usually plain. But this should be interesting. It's going to pull pork. Did I read that it's going to be a special sauce?
0: Well, there, it's kind of like a like a whiskey maple yeah. sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, onions, which I, I'm hoping are caramelized because yeah, raw onions I, in a puccino would be disgusting. I agree with
1: you on that one. Uh, then so I, obviously, I'm, fries and cheese curds. And and by looks of things, and I'm guessing, this was not said for sure, but I'm guessing that all of this is going to be produced by, by La Cache. That's what it looks like.
0: Would make sense because that's that is one of their sponsors, and uh, I believe they are the uh, uh, the food vendors for the Montreal Alouettes.
1: Oh, that might make even more perfect, Cliff, because if I'm not mistaken, aren't they on our side of the stadium?
0: <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Ooh,
1: but we still don't know. But still, uh, don't know the price. I think I, I guess it would probably be about, be about forty bucks.
0: Yeah, considering you're you're basically taking home a what looks to be like or it's a replica, but basically like a full size helmet. Uh huh. I mean that you know, with one point two or one point three kilograms of puts in, I mean that's <laughs> Oh my lord. <laughs> I, I I think forty dollars is probably the starting price. And yeah. Yeah.
1: I would say I if I would say it'll be anywhere between forty and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. I think in my opinion.
0: And again, you you've got number of reasons why this is gonna work because I mean it's first of all, it's a conversation starter. Because yep. I mean, you're eating puts in out of a, a football helmet.
1: By the way, wasn't it Duquat at the end of the at the end of the, the sizzle reel where he actually put it on
0: his head? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so his, I mean it's a it's it's a fully functional it, helmet. Well you had sense.
1: his you had his bun, his man bun sticking out the top, which is hilarious. Ugh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Obviously,
1: needless to say, Cliff and I will be there early and stay tuned for uh for some video for that. That that's gonna be a given. <laughs>
0: uh, I I think yeah. I, you know what folks, if if that doesn't entice you to subscribe to YouTube, because I could definitely see us doing a live stream. If we get there early enough, get ourselves set up with this puts in helmet Yeah to do an actual taste test, I think we can make this happen on, on YouTube. So again, folks, go subscribe to the Alowitz Flight Deck channel. Yes. Hit the, and you just hit the, hit the
1: notifications. You'll know when it goes live. I think, yeah, even, really, even though we're under hundred, I think it still does yeah, the same it just,
0: thing. It'll do that. It, it should do that. So, yeah, do that, folks, and listen. If that's what's going to take, we'll, we'll get the helmet. We'll both enjoy the puts in inside. We'll we'll do a little live stream. We'll do a little something something. You know, we'll we'll do that for you guys. Absolutely, we'll do that.
1: This will be interesting because this seems to be this seems to be as big as the. I don't want to call it a leak. Because it's not a leak, but the revealing, the first reveal, first look of the new turf traditions line, which seemed, which is going to be rolling out across the CFL. Uh, they're going to have a whole campaign starting in in August. So, so a little bit it seems to be a jumping of the gun by the Elowitz boutique. But the social media post that I put out after it was launched, and it was actually on their website. It's garnered. It, it's it's gone. I don't want to say it's gone viral because there's different. <laughs> You know what I mean. It but it's gained traction. Oh, it's gained traction.
0: Yeah. Let's say that. It's gained traction. Sure.
1: But I know you're not a big a big hat guy. I'm really not. Um, uh, but if Brandon London says he wants one, former what Brandon London says he wants one.
0: Friend of the show, I'd Brandon
1: London. Fr- friend of the pod. Um, but overall, I again, what what do you it's these are unique. I like these things. I, I'm just praying, praying, because these will come in. Caps, t-shirts, and hoodies. From from what I heard, by the way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if the owls will order all three, but I'm hoping that they have a, one a hat that's not a a flat brim. I'm not a flat brim type of guy, oh. but you got to admit the aesthetic. I'm trying to remember something like this that has something like this ever been done. And pe- pl- people, please at me on Twitter oh. if I'm if I'm wrong here, but I don't remember them doing something like this. In the NFL, the ones I do remember for the NFL specifically, I don't know if you do, Cliff, is where they made the caps look like a helmet, where the striping pattern was put along the top, and then the logos were on the side.
0: Uh, I do remember those, yeah. yes.
1: But I don't remember something like this. A lot of people are saying it looks like Labat Fifty. It's same colors,
0: <laughs> yes,
1: yes, same colors. Yes. But still, you know, I was skeptical when I heard that they were, the Owls are going to be doing the French horn again this year because they did them last year, right but i'm i'm quite i'm quite impressed i'm
0: yeah, quite impressed I,
1: I know so i want to see the rest of, i want to see the rest of the lines right you know all the other teams
0: yeah i i definitely i've when i see the the french horn logo it i really like it i really think it is such a cool look like from back in the day and the fact that they're going to use that as part of the retro lineup is awesome to me like like i said i'm not a hat guy but I de- can definitely appreciate the aesthetic of this hat. It mm-hmm. definitely looks really cool. Like this is something you could definitely rock around the city and, you know, you'll not get look looks, out of place. baby. You'll get looks. You will absolutely you will. I mean, it's it just it looks cool because again, people dig retro stuff, and this has that real retro look to it. Like this looks like you could have pulled this out of your grandfather's closet, you know, and decided to wear it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the kind of look it has, but still brand spanking new. I mean, it it just. It looks sharp, and as I said, that that logo just looks great on almost anything. So I'm really curious to see how the rest of the lineup looks for the uh, the the turf to Tr- turf traditions line mm-hmm. when, when it comes out later in uh, in August. I'm really curious to see how the rest of it looks because, as I said, this this logo is just so cool and seeing it on retro gear like that just awesome. Like that that hat, still not a hat guy. I don't think I'll ever be a hat guy, but. I can appreciate when something looks good, and that hat looks really good. Yeah,
1: and and I know how you are because I, I, you know, with the last last set of merchandise for the Alouettes with the French Horn logo with the shirts, I know you're a fan of those. And um once we see what the the shirts and stuff look like, I'm sure I'm sure you'll you'll be you'll be like, here, take my money.
0: So pretty much, yeah, I'm sure that my credit card will just jump out of my pocket and just like, yeah, go ahead, yeah, bring me up a whole <laughs> bunch of those. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah, and don't forget my 20%. Um,
0: <laughs> hey, season
1: ticket holder bonus. There you go, baby. Uh, last thing that at least I had noticed, and and it's something I should have posted, I guess, a few weeks ago since the last home game, but kind of a minor thing, but and it's something, I th- was it you or was it our friend Carl from Baltimore who pointed this out the, the last time that we were there at the stadium uh, about the, the new Alouettes banners, the uh, Grey Cup banners that they have, uh quietly unveiled this year was it you or was it was it carl i can't remember
0: actually it was you it was me you noticed them duh well you noticed and asked if if we notice anything different i'm like uh yeah that does look different yeah. actually okay. well i did
1: confirm it obviously and if you go back and check me out on social the alouettes unveiled the, their great cup banners for the third time since uh 2011 so hmm. um i i like the look uh I I guess the second set were so unforgettable when with the rebranding and stuff like that the ones they used in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one Cliff that these new ones are just they're fine they're, they're they go well with the current setup that we have here with the team
0: yeah and also too they still use the logos that are relevant to the the team of that era that it, won the cup so it, that's exactly which again is perfect for giving that nod to history. I, I, I'm always a big fan of that. So the fact that they've, I guess, updated, I guess for lack of a better term, yeah, did, the, yeah, the banners, yeah, you know, put their current spin on it, but at the same time still paying, paying a nod to history and showing that look, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, I'm I'm not mad at it at all. I th- I think it looks really really sharp. Yeah, well, I do too. I do too. I
1: remember, people before I think it was before before 2011, they had them on the uh the the years on the wall. Uh, I guess the player the uh, wall of names. I'm trying to think the, what what, the, the,
0: what to call it. The, the, I was going to say the uh, the Ring of Honor. But.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's up at the Ring of Honor. Yeah, but but it changed obviously. So um, right. But uh, yeah, yeah. My, still, my question still to the Alowitz organization is: Where are the old ones, and where can we get one?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're saving them for a locker room sale, in which case, oh, yeah,
1: but
0: sh- yeah, but where are the other ones?
1: Where are the ones from tw- the ones that they retired retired in uh, 2019? I want to see. I'll actually like those. Yeah, those were pretty sharp. I would take. I would and- take one from 74, or 77, or 70, or 2002, or. <laughs>
0: Nine, <laughs> ten, just just wrap them all up, and and forty
1: nine can't forget forty nine can't forget
0: forty nine. I, I mean, at this point, let, let's just take them all and just sure. You know. <laughs> Be a very weird wallpaper, but
1: uh, it might work. It might work,
0: I guess. Make, uh, make it work.
1: I don't know, could work. Um, any anything this week that uh, that caught your eye at all, Cliff? Before we head into the uh a uh, preview oh. of the game versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats.
0: Uh, not a whole lot transactions wise, other than, uh, as we've mentioned, uh, Sean Jameson is now off the sixth game list yeah. and back in the lineup, which is absolutely great. Yeah. Considering he had a pretty nasty knee injury that many people thought might be the end of his season. And here we are three games later and he's back. So that's how that's many weeks news. though was it?
1: How many weeks? Because we had to throw in at least a one bye week, wasn't it?
0: W- one by week. And I think, uh, th- there's a Bit of a gap between uh, between games as well, yeah. I think between both of the Saskatchewan games, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So uh, you factor in, it, it was probably, a little, I think it was close to the five weeks, maybe even six. Yeah, I know, but, I know. But by and large, it, is a, it doesn't go by a week, it goes by a game. So, I mean, he did truly only miss three games. That's And, true. you know, just, just knowing that he's back at center for the Alouettes, uh, definitely... Definitely helps because I mean David Brown's been doing a, a bang up job as far as I'm concerned as uh, at center in his absence. But I mean Sean Jameson is truly one of the better centers in this league. And having him back in the lineup and healthy, ready to go, is definitely a good thing.
1: Yeah, he's good as a good as a general as Brian Chu was. Uh even Christian Matt when he had to step in too. So it's it's nice to have him back at to uh, have him back at center.
0: And it's funny, a lot of people are always surprised that Christian Matt is never asked to Step in at center, considering he did a very good job of it uh, in in relief. You know, it's, it's sort of that transition period uh, between uh, Luke Burt and uh, I guess now Sean Jameson. Yeah, like Christian Matt did a great job, especially working with Vernon Adams in 2019 at, at center. But nope, now he's back at guard, and uh, you know, s- still playing extremely well. So, and also too, uh, as far as uh, transactions go, uh, the Alouettes released Antonio Simmons. Yeah. Uh, after reacquiring him uh, from the Edmonton Elks uh, as part of the Trevor Harris deal of, of last season, and it was kind of funny to see now both after. Actually, well, he didn't reacquire. Well, no, I was I about they, to say. They signed, they, yeah, he, they signed him. At, he, he, was camp, he was released. He by the Elks. Yeah, he was released by the Elks. You're, you're absolutely right. So it's kind of funny to see both Trevor Harris and Antonio Simmons on the same team, considering that they were traded for one another last year. Uh, but. Uh, Especially now with uh, Brock Gowlock back in the lineup, uh, yep, yep, and uh, Avery Ellis, uh, Mondo Sewell, Mike Moore, uh, Mike way- Michael Wayfield, those guys are stepping up in a big way. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Nick Usher too has just been a beast. And so, unfortunately, Simmons is the odd man out. I think he may have been offered a practice roster spot and probably said, "Nah, I I, I know I can play, so I'll I'll take my chances elsewhere." And sure enough, who does he end up with? The Ottawa Redblacks.
1: Oh, I didn't hear about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think that's the thing. If you, you get yourself kind of settled a little bit in Montreal, it, which is, I think Simmons did actually get himself settled a bit in, in Montreal. So going to Ottawa is not that far. So. Wow. That must have. When was that announced?
1: Because officially, you know, Simmons was released by the Owls on the 23rd, officially, according to the league. It,
0: yeah, it was actually uh, they announced it today that he had signed with the Red Blacks. Uh,
1: that's why. OK, so it, it's OK. That's why it was late in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Okay, that's why I said on, on the uh, on the transactions. By the way, that I understand that every team puts out their transactions and stuff like that, but sometimes you have teams that don't really promote them in a way. The mm-hmm. CFL's transaction page, just to let everybody know, is a great wealth of information. That's Big where that's that. where usually Cliff and I get the information that X player has been signed or X players on this or that and the other.
0: So yeah, whether they've been signed, released, traded. Uh, even just going from practice roster to active roster that gets noted as well or even to transfer to injured list i mean that's it it is definitely a great tool you can search by team you can search by transactions by date all that good stuff it's as tim said it's definitely a a good tool to help you keep track of the goings-on of the league and and also the alouettes exactly
1: and since you it's Speaking of being transferred to the injured list, it was, uh, it was announced earlier on, on Sunday that VA was, uh, was, wasn't practicing. He was, uh, at first, uh, Danny Mac was calling it a conditioning day, which I, it got annoying hearing that three days in a row, which I, <laughs> after hearing that, it was like, that's not the case. Um, because VA was having an issue with his elbow. Um, VA was placed on the one game So I think anybody who out there is trying to make something out of nothing, in my opinion, you know, it was picked up by a lot of people that, you know, OVA is in place on the one game. Always going to get traded.
0: Mm. Yeah, pretty much. uh, No, I I can give uh, you a a resounding no. Yeah. I mean, I I understand writers fans. You're very concerned because Cody Fajardo's knee is banged up and – Edmonton. I mean, you know, Taylor Cornelius played a half decent game against the Alouettes. Uh, I guess you still don't have faith in him because uh, he only did so so against the Bombers. But I mean, let's face it. I mean, the Bombers are just so good right now. Yeah, I, mean, I know everybody's going to look so so against him. But I mean, once again, it, it just stokes that fire. Like, oh, 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 could we, could we, could we maybe trade? Could Vernon Adams be an Edmonton elk or even a Saskatchewan Rough Rider? And you know, like, slow your roll, people. I mean you're you, Yeah, just there's
1: there's a lot more to the situation than people know about. That's all I'm gonna say because just based off of constant confidentiality, I'm not gonna go any more than say just that. But what they are reporting with him having an issue this week with his with his elbow is 100% legit. Yes. So that's so it's so because of because of that change, obviously, Davis Alexander has been brought. Mm, he wasn't on the practice roster. He wasn't on the practice roster because they've been having, I don't want to say issues. They were having practice
0: roster. Uh, <laughs> they had too many ple- people in the practice roster. Thank you. Roster. There you go. Spit it out, Tim. That's-
1: I was like, I try to put it in such a way. But yes, they had too many people in the practice roster. So that's why Davis Alexander was placed in the one game last week. But he's been activated. Uh, he's going to be the number three this week. But I would not be surprised if Dominic Davis still takes the uh, short uh, short yardage reps.
0: Yeah, he'll still take the short yardage right years, but it's just that if, God forbid, Trevor Harris gets hurt, the team will still go to Dominique Davis. Correct. And at which point then maybe perhaps uh, Davis Alexander will get some short yardage or they may throw him in there just to see what's doing as far as, you know, what he's picked up so far. So, I mean, it's – will he see action against the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Highly unlikely. I'm wonder. I'd, I'd-
1: oh, well, I'm wondering if uh, – I'm wondering if is going to do- go back doing the holding for David Cote
0: one has to wonder. I mean, obviously, as I said, VA was the field goal holder for the past couple of games, which still is a gross misuse of a talent like Vernon Adams. But again, that's neither here nor there. Right. In which case, then yeah, I would, I would assume that uh, Joseph Zima would go back to holding for, for David Cote's field goal attempts. Yeah. Uh, Because again, I mean, Dominic Davis, you know, you want to keep him ready for short yardage situations. Uh, Could also use Alexander too, but I, I don't know if, uh, He's been taking a reps in that regards, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens against Hamilton tomorrow.
1: Yep, uh, Dante Abshire is still on the one game. Tavian Feaster was, uh, I think, wasn't he just recently signed? If I'm not mistaken, within the past no, he was, two uh, weeks. Uh,
0: I think he was. He was on the suspended list and then yes, was added to the active roster.
1: Yeah, and then Chris Schluger was actually. He's placed. been
0: one. He's he, he, he's one gamed.
1: Yeah, he's been one gamed. Uh, no changes. Again, no changes to the sixth game except for uh, except for Tyrell Richards. So yeah um hey by the way anything that we talk about today you're always able to contact us as we mentioned our socials a little a little at the beginning of the show you can always email cliff and myself you can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca or cliff at clifford.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca we always want to hear your feedback we want to hear what you think about the show suggestions who should we have on a uh, try for who should we have on as a guest um just let us know. You can also, you know, DM us or, or add us over on Twitter. So it's uh, we always love hearing from you, from you the fans. To uh, we, want, we want you to have, a, have some sort of a part in the show. That's what we like about it.
0: 100. We we've said it numerous times. Like we do this for the fans. So I mean, we want the fans to interact with us, to give us feedback, good, bad, or other. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and if you have any questions, concerns, what have you. Yep. there's there's no shortage of ways to contact us so please do yeah so the
1: alouettes go into hamilton again, again they're playing the one in five hamilton tiger cats dane evans doesn't seem to be the same dane evans that came in relief last year for the tiger cats um you know they are still favored they get the the uh the home favoring They're you know the 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 uh the usual three points so they're favored by three points according to five dimes um what, what are your thoughts here, Cliff? I mean, let's look at the roster first. I mean, obviously with Tyler Richards going on the, on the sixth game, uh, who's replacing him?
0: Uh, well, that would be, uh, Tyridge, uh, or Tyrese beverage is actually going to be starting at, uh, linebacker with, uh, Brian Harlemana at the backup position, which I'm a, a little bit surprised to see, uh, because again, I think, uh, Brian Harlemana has been doing an outstanding job when given the opportunity. So I've, I assumed that he'd be starting, but no, they've uh, moved Beveridge over to uh, to his spot.
1: Uh, which I'm wondering, okay. too, by uh, the way, just to, real quick. And he, he's a uh, he's an American, so and obviously Richard is a Canadian. So I'm curious. I'm trying to find out here in the roster where they made some more changes.
0: Well, that's it. So, I mean, obviously with the ratio is always going to come into play when it comes to things of this nature. So I, I guess I shouldn't be so surprised, but uh, yeah. That's really what it came down to as far as uh, these changes are going to be made. Uh, personally, I think uh, Harlem should have been starting, but if it truly really was a ratio issue and w- as why he's backing up, then so be it. You know the Yellowwitz will make it work. Uh, Micah uh, Alway is going to be starting at the middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know as I, as I said, uh, Mark Antoine Decoy and Wesley Sutton are unscathed despite their less than stellar performances towards the end against Ottawa. they're they're certainly going to be given every opportunity to redeem themselves. And here's hoping they do because, you know, if if these two guys can get their act together and play football like I expect them to, then the Zalwa's defense is going to be a real problem for the, the, for the Tiger Cats. Yeah.
1: What are your, what are your thoughts here? Because, um, again, Dane Evans doesn't seem to be the Dane Evans that the CFL has come to know over the past season
0: plus. Um, he he definitely hasn't looked like the quarterback that went fifteen, helped the Tiger Cats go to fifteen and three in twenty nineteen, and come within a hair of winning a Grey Cup. He he definitely has not looked like that Dane Evans. No, and it's kind of funny because when Jeremiah Masoli signed with the Ottawa Redblacks, like they pretty much put their stamp of approval on Dane Evans. Like they pretty much decided of those two guys, this is who we're going with is with Dane Evans. And it hasn't quite paid off so far. And I don't know if it's just the pressure now. Like before, if Evans started to falter, at least they can go back to Masoli and vice versa. But now, Dean Evans is basically standing up on his own two feet. Like He's got Matthew Schultz as, uh, as backup. But uh, I don't know if he's really feel threatened by Schiltz's presence. I, I think, if anything, Schiltz has done a good job of trying to help him. But he, too, has not really shown everything that he could, which... I, I personally find surprising because I mean I, I think the world to Matthew Schiltz and I think he, it, this was kind of the opportunity he was looking for. Yeah. If God forbid Dane Evans was going to falter, that he could step in and help lead the Tiger Cats to victory. But that hasn't happened yet either. And I just wonder if it's just you, you keep going back to Dane Evans and something's not clicking right now. Like he's still a decent quarterback, but making a lot of terrible decisions as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I I don't understand the quarterback situation there either. I mean, it's uh, you know it, it's it, it's not really mirroring what's happening here. I mean, the Alex have had some problems in the past, but with, with the quarterbacks, but I, I don't know. And they're they're also going to be you know the Tiger Cats are also going to be uh, short staffed this week too. You know, some of the, a lot of the big names are not going to be available for the Tiger Cats.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably, Chris Van Zile. He's been placed on the six game list. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's huge right there. Like that's uh, a big part of your O line gone. Simone Lawrence will not be playing. Despite, despite the fact that he was taken off of the six-game list, he will not be in the lineup. And a lot of the players, the Owls
1: players this week, you know, in the the, the post, post-practice post scrums were talking about him. So, yeah, you know, I think they thought he was going to be playing, too.
0: Well, that's it. That's, uh... I mean, again, when, when he's on his game, he is definitely a dangerous force. So, I think the Owls will be relieved not to have to worry about him. I'm sure the O-line is going to be glad to not have to try to defend against him. Uh i know trevor harris for a fact is going to be very happy not to have to worry about him uh yeah i mean like hamilton they it's going to be interesting for them because yeah they they've got so much to prove right now i mean they've played in some pretty tough games and just found ways to lose really when you think about it kind of like the alouettes they just find ways to lose and that's, that's troublesome i know i think when the one thing though that you, you, the one thing that's kind of hanging overhead just a little bit is the fact that Kahari Jones, former yes. head coach of the Alouettes, is now a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats right as now. a consultant for the offense. It, who knows the Alouettes better than Kahari Jones? Nobody. Yep. If you don't think, if you folks don't think he's not going to be spilling the tea, as they say, on the Alouettes to the Tiger Cats you're sorely mistaken I uh, I guarantee even though he's not an official coach, I guarantee he has had a lot of input saying yo you gotta you gotta focus on this guy and this guy and this guy oh and if, if this guy does this then do that like there's I'm sure he's I- I'm sure he's left no stone unturned when it came to exposing whatever weaknesses the Alouettes have and best believe Hamilton right now sitting at one in five at home no less. Like, I don't think they've got a victory. I don't think they've won at home yet this year, if I'm not mistaken. Death check. Yeah. I do know that the
1: Alouettes and, and Cats have actually split the last eight. Oh,
0: no, sorry. It's, they did win at home. I'm sorry. They, they did beat Ottawa at home, oh, so that's my, true. my yeah. mistake. Okay, but still, like the fact that for a while you weren't winning at Tim Hortons Field, I mean, that's definitely an embarrassment for, 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 for the Tiger Cats. And you know that with Kahari Jones basically giving away the secrets, so to speak, like Montreal better be ready because I, I'm sure Kahari. Like, even though he's you know one, the, the very much taken the high road for the most part as far as his dismissal goes, I'm sure there's a little part of him is like, you know, I I, I, I think I know how to beat these guys. I, I I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll let you know and I'll I'll explain to you how it's done and you know like he he knows. I mean, he was with his team right up until like was it a month ago he was he was let go. Yeah and. He knows now. I mean, and Hamilton's not stupid. Like, they, the Yalouettes and the Tiger Cats play each other three times this year. I guarantee you that Kahari is going to have a big say in what happens in the game, not only tomorrow, but the two other games that are going to be following. I, I, I mean, t- this yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be easy. No matter what kind of issues that the Tiger Cats have right now when it comes to their personnel and their inability to seemingly close games— they still got to feel confident going into Montreal, knowing full well they got Kahari in their back pocket with all the secrets, and Montreal's got to be ready for that. They got to, they got to show some new stuff to, uh, to the Tiger Cats on Thursday.
1: Yeah, they do. As I mentioned, uh, the, Ow- the Owls and Tiger Cats have split the last eight regular season matchups. Uh, they did win the last one in overtime with that infamous catch by Gina Lewis.
0: Well, the the catch was actually before overtime, but yes. But still,
1: but the game that had, sorry, the game that had the infamous catch. Yes, is that better? Is that better? Much better.
0: (laughs) I don't want you looking silly, Tim. That's oh, (laughs) uh, I'm I'm looking out for you here.
1: Uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, this they need to. The Owls need to again all facets improve the deep, improve the penalties. They can't give up another 500 yards. I mean they gave up 500 yards to the auto again. It's no slight but still to the auto red blacks. We need mm-hmm. the same quarterback that we had last week that won the player of the week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If that Trevor Harris shows up in auto, in Hamilton to play tomorrow, the Montreal's got a very good chance of winning this game. If the other Trevor Harris shows up, then maybe not cuz yeah. <laughs> We, we remember how Trevor Harris was in the Eastern semifinal last year in Hamilton. Don't remind and me.
1: <laughs> that's why. It's, yeah. That's why. Not
0: said, great. No, but I'll just leave it. We'll leave it at that. Not great.
1: No, not great. No, no, don't, not great but if,
0: at all. But, but again, Trevor Harris proved himself last week that he, as I said, if he and Anthony Calvillo are finally on the same page, they seem to have found what's going to work. What's going to help uh, elevate Trevor's game to where we think it should be. Then, then Montreal definitely has a chance of winning this game. They just got to stay focused on putting points on the board, like real points on the board, which they did last week. Yep. Uh defense has to tighten up big time. Uh, like I said, the secondary has been a real Jekyll and Hyde as far as outstanding play and just outstandingly bad play. So I mean, that's that's got to stop right there and then. Uh I really hope Chandler Worthy, whatever was bothering him the last game, I hope that he's over it. Yeah, he even said he, he even said he had a bad game. Oh, he definitely had a bad game if he, if he thought otherwise. Yeah, it, and that's one thing wrong. we didn't bring
1: up there. But, you know, when we were talking about the game last week was that what are you doing backing into the end zone for safety? Because that was a nine-point swing.
0: Oh, big time. And, yeah, I mean, the worst possible thing you do is give momentum like that away. Yeah. And that's really what he did. Like he, It's true. He had a couple of bobbles even. And it was just... OK, this is not the same Chandler Worthy we've been seeing for the past couple weeks. Like no house calls, no nothing like uh, just, just by our former returner who had a house call. Butte, too. Uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another thing, too. Like when Mario Alford for the, the Rough Riders can go, was it 121 yards for 113, <laughs> off of mis- 113, 113? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He, he takes one to the house and Chandler Worthy just lays an egg. No, nah, that, that I'm really hoping it was just that one game. Like I think everybody's allowed to have a stinker. And if that was the case, like that was last week, and he's going to be back to form this week, that'll be great. Because, I mean, Montreal really does have something special, I think, with their special teams. And we know what Chandler Worthy can do. I, I just hope he just you know burns the tape from last week exactly. and just focuses on getting back to what he was doing before. If he can get another house call in Hamilton, of all places, That'd be awesome. Just okay. take the crowd right out of the game. Like no no more steam whistle, no more, you know, blackouts, no more whatever nonsense they do to get the fans riled up there. Like I you gotta take the crowd out of the game as well. Like I that agree. it is a very dangerous place to play when the when this team is motivated. So if Montreal can just take the crowd out of it right away, just really set the tone early. I mean, they gotta get this win as far as I'm concerned, because they you're do. gonna be playing back to back games against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and there's just no beating the Bombers right now. Like I mean, they everybody expects them to lose, and they just find ways to win over and over again. And they got to be licking their chops too, looking at Montreal, especially with how shaky the defense has been.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: another reason why they've really got to tighten things up and really get their act together defensively, because Winnipeg is going to feast on this secondary if they're if they're not careful. So if they can come out really make a statement against the Hamilton Tiger cats and really set the tone, get that W come back home to face the Winnipeg boot bombers in a home and home series. Uh, it's it's just going to be good things. It's just going to have, you know, great ramifications as far as I'm concerned for the Alouettes.
1: Yep. Uh, here's a key step before we finish up. Uh, the Alouettes are actually scoring uh, uh, nine and a half more points a game than the Hamilton Tiger cats are. And they are a, uh, the Alouettes are actually a plus nine when it comes to the turnover ratio versus the Hamilton time, versus Hamilton. Montreal's at a minus four, and Hamilton's at a minus thirteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now Hamilton's just they're, they're they're finding new and creative ways to turn the ball over to their opponents. So you, they got to tighten that up big time. I mean, mm-hmm. they they got they got to find a way to stop giving the ball to the opponents. I mean, I'm sure Montreal if they can take advantage of that that fact that. You know, create some turnovers, and they've got the guys that can do it. They've got playmakers that can make it happen. Like, if Najee Murray, once again, if he can jostle a ball loose and, you know, either take it himself or get someone else to to run it, or any of these guys on the defensive line can just get right in Dane Evans' face and just cause him to make the mistakes that he's been doing the past couple of games. I know, I I know, yeah. This defense could probably really, they could probably put up a whole bunch of points themselves if they get their act together. And, if if you're gonna do that, this would be the team to do it against because right now they're so susceptible when it comes to turning the ball over, especially in the red zone. They're they've got scoring opportunities that they've pissed away because of just their inability to hang on to the ball.
1: Yep, totally agree with you. I totally agree. Um, uh, enjoy the game. Don't forget it is on Thursday, so make sure if you you know if you're li- you're listening, uh, if you haven't listened to this already, you need to listen to it before the game starts. Um, <laughs> yes. um uh, we will be back next week to talk about one of the, uh, about the whiteout game. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. We'll, Can we just we'll put, the, uh, you know what? Screw the whiteout game. The countdown clock is for the uh, Putin helmet. And just as a reminder, since I didn't do it at the beginning of the show, look for our, look on our socials. We are going to be starting the contest for the giveaway for the two free seats for the Sportbuff flight crew seats for the next game versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
0: Yeah, so if, if you're if you're a fan of Thursday Night Football and you want to see the Alouettes live, this is your opportunity to do it. So make sure you enter the contest. Uh, we'll, we'll send out all the links. We'll make sure everybody's aware of how you can get yourself these beautiful, amazing flight crew seats. So make sure you throw your hat in the ring. And, uh, you know, we, we want to see you at the game, too. Like, if, if you win those seats, we want to see you there. So get on that. Get entering and... uh May the best man or woman or whomever win. Exactly. So, Cliff, I'm glad you're feeling better, my friend.
1: Uh, again, everybody, stay safe. Do what you need to do. Um, but we will be back here next week and uh, to talk about the the uh, the Hamilton Alawitz game. So, for everybody here at the flight deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Tingo!